are listening to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon. And I'm here with my guest this month, Adam Anzio. Hey, hey. Uh, how would you describe yourself, Adam? I never know how to uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I never, I never know. I, um, I have, I don't know. Usually, I go off of. Uh, I think the last one of the last interviews I did when I was in a band was. Uh, you know, how would you, I was like, I don't know. How would other people describe you? I'm like, um, I don't know. Like most people don't know me well enough to get it right. So I don't know. Mm. Um, well, I can describe you from your star chart a little bit. Um, and then we can just sort of see where the conversation takes us. And uh, I won't, I will say like you are a, a solar Gemini. Um, so which is funny to me. Already, you've mentioned like how other people describe you, mm. um, and in terms of astrological uh, astrological traits, Gemini's are really interested in what other people think more so than what they they feel they know um, a lot of times, and they're just very driven by curiosity in terms of like social matters. So I I think that's just really kind of funny like and sort of charming that you described it that way without even necessarily knowing <laughs> that mm. um yeah it seems to be what just people tend to do and not 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 in a sense of like an emotional thing like what are people going to think of me type of thing mm -hmm. and it's mostly i like to analyze behavior mm -hmm. i guess you know a lot of people did that to me when i was a kid you know a lot of people analyze my oh you seem like a kind of this kind of kid that kind of kid and they were always wrong <laughs> and so I would uh, just wonder, like, how do they determine such things without even getting to know me, talking to me? They're just like, oh, you seem like a kind of a so-and-so kind of kid. I'm just like, leave me alone, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're a, a solar Gemini, like I said, but your ascendant is an Aries. Um, and I'm of the school of thought and astrology that um, your ascendant is kind of where we're all sort of looking to grow in life sort of subconsciously. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's 12 signs and there's nine planets, but there's a whole lot of other little like mathematical equations that kind of show up in people's astrology charts that um, kind of have a say in like how our lives play out, but also our personalities. Um, and our ascendant uh, kind of defines like where the houses are in somebody's birth chart. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just the sign that was on the horizon at the moment you were born. That's how that gets calculated. And it changes roughly every two hours. So like within a given day, um, you go through all 12 signs once. And so that's how that's decided. Um, so you're probably born fairly early in the morning, the day that you were born, I would guess, um, just because you're an Aries ascendant, um, which Aries uh, is a fire sign, it's a first fire sign, and it's all about um, taking sort of like impulsive, quick actions with, uh, without a whole lot of thought involved in them, um, but that might not be what's the most comfortable thing for you to do. It's where you're sort of learning to go, um, if that makes any kind of sense. I was... It was like four in the morning, four fifteen, four. I forget the exact time. It's probably in the CoStar, but like, yeah. Were you using the uh, the CoStar app to look at your astrology chart? I was using that. A uh, very good friend of mine, um, who was my only connection on 
uh, co-star here uh, suggested that I get it because I was she likes to talk to me about this kind of stuff, <laughs> and I like I, like you've heard me say in the past is uh, I am very I guess like I'll say like either atheistic or agnostic towards I'll say more agnostic because like for me things like this are it's more of a process a learning process sure you know, I'm yeah. not the type of person to just dismiss a belief mm-hmm. because I don't like it. I dig into it and determine whether I would personally believe in it or not. And, you know, I'm not like one of these, like, I'm right, you're wrong sort of people. Because, mm-hmm. like, no matter what we believe, the, the earth is going to do what the earth is going to do. Things are going to do what they're going to do. And regardless of our opinion, if we're right or wrong, mm-hmm. we just handle it as it comes, you know? Sure. But um, she talks to me about this, and she was like, well, you should get co-star. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I got my information. Um... For my birth certificate, I can't find it now, but I had it at the time. Gotcha. So it should be in my profile. Um, I, like, I kind of, I think CoStar is a beautifully designed app, but I think some of the writing on there is a little bit cryptic sometimes and can be, like, I, I don't know that it does, like, people who are really, truly, like, interested in astrology any real service because it's sort of vague and ambiguous and... A little hazy around the edges as to what and why it's talking about things Mm -hmm. and with like astrology really is kind of like a big math problem with uh the central focus being our perspective here on earth and at the core of anybody's natal chart which is what costar works on like is your birth chart information your natal chart information um it basically uh, like that focus is your perspective. Like, and so of course it's going to be different for everyone because everyone's perspective is that just that it's their personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think uh, CoStar does well in other astrology apps um, and maybe, you know, even this podcast falls into this category. I think what it does is it helps people to talk about things that they might not always feel comfortable talking about mm. without having um, any judgment around it and also not feeling like they're being placed in a position of blame. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly uh, it can be kind of like open the door, like sort of be like a gateway, like opener to um, some cathartic experiences uh, if people are open-minded about it enough. Mm. You know, I think it's just another possible tool for self-reflection. And, and that way, I think it can be really valuable. Um, and that's sort of like, that's sort of the point of what I've set out to do with Blood Moon Milk is to look at each sign and talk to as many different people who might have an interesting story. And I think you're definitely one of those people who has an interesting story. Mm. Um, and then to look at their charts and see like how it might be reflected in that chart. Um, and your perspective is key to that because you're the one living your chart and your perspective and your experience. Mm. Um, so it's sort of, there's no like wrong answers. Uh, it's just, talking about how this trait or this thing might have popped up in your life at a specific time when maybe uh, traditionally in astrological terms or terms of transits, which is what we call like the planets moving around us, mm. um, when they make certain like mathematical relations and equations to each other, that, that's called an aspect. 
um, when there's certain harsh aspects that hit your sun or your your Venus or your Mars, um, like it's been shown that you have good things happen, bad things happen, and it's all like pretty much textbook written. And so in that way, it is kind of a big math problem. Um, but what I don't think CoStar does well and some other astrologers don't do a very good job of, and you know, it's hard to be an astrologer, but I like, you can't get it right every single time, but Mm. I don't think they always do a great job of sort of articulating the why these aspects are challenging or difficult. Um, and so it just sort of can kind of feel a little bit made up sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, which is sort of disappointing because I think there could be a lot more valuable insight with this information um, if we were just a little bit more open-minded and and also scientific about it, Mm. like more exacting about it instead of just being like, you feel blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know what your co-star thing says for the day, (laughs) but it's probably something like, don't be possessive and jealous or you know like yeah yeah like something along those lines where it's like how how do you not be that way if that's what you feel yeah like, like fuck pam- you pam- co-star yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pamper yourself today or like what was the other yeah, thing that the other one was like take a roll in the hay or something like that i don't even know what that means i'm guessing that's like um like take a-, a roll in the hay is uh it's like a it's like a euphemism for sex. That's what I figured. It, it sounded. It sounded because um, when, whenever I think of hay, and maybe this is just me taking in all the erotica that I have, is like every time I see hay, I'm like, oh, it's about to go down. <laughs> um, yeah, here's like a bunch. I like uh, define intimacy. Maybe you just need a good roll in the hay. Or, yeah, it's not. That's it's basically not right. saying maybe you just need a good fuck. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, don't get stuck on someone who won't call you back. Yeah. Uh, know your worth. Count your wins. Work and toward a goal today. They're almost like fortune cookies. Yeah, I'm saying like, them with like this snarky tone. Oh, yeah, work with a goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like I think that's the side of it that can be kind of hard, right? Like, and even me, like I write a newsletter um, that some some of the listeners of the podcast subscribe to called The Daily Dose. And I, I look at those transits and I try to sort of distill it down to basically like an aspect of the math that's digestible in a morning email sort of thing to where it's like a heads up. This is what's going down today that you need to know about. Things might feel like this. But it is kind of hard to not write it in a way that's that doesn't sound like you're also writing for a fortune cookie. Fortune, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> my best friend and I when we were kids went to see Rush Hour two, and there's like this scene where like I think the main villain in that movie mm-hmm. like shoots some dude, and he's just like, yeah, they used to say this, that, and this, and that, and then he shot the dude, and he's like, I hate that fortune cookie shit, and just that <laughs> phrase just like echoes sometimes whenever I hear people like try and be do like self-help kind of things but it, when it, when they do that it's not because they're just doing self-help whatever because i mm-hmm. think that's a good thing it's helped me out a lot yeah but when they do it in a way that's just like i don't know i think i'm at a point in my life where i have been since i was maybe a teenager where if i want to you know hear that stuff i want to hear a little more detail when you just give like these little whatever is maybe blah 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 you know like drink more water today or something like that which yeah it's not necessarily a bad idea. Yeah. But it's, yeah, also, but it's not also like. like uh, maybe that was a bad example of drinking more water. I drink a ridiculous amount of water. That's but, um, good. Yeah, it is. But uh, there's. 
they do it in a way that's just like I don't it sounds like dismissive almost like too simple you know mm-hmm. and it would be nice to have like you know if somebody's gonna talk about this stuff at least have a little more insight yeah it. and I think the math does matter um because there's only there's only so many different aspects you can have like it's a giant circle um with like starting at the first degree of Aries and then going all the way through all 12 signs and ending in Pisces at 30 degrees Pisces right before it bumps into Aries again. Um, and so it is a cycle, but it takes roughly like 25,000 years for all the planets um, out to Pluto mm. to go through every single phase of the sign. Um, so that is, so if every planet, like the sun, I remember um, this when I was a kid, sorry. But, uh, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. I was very deep into this when I was, or interested to the point where it was mostly just like sun sign stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it was it was interesting, and I got into it, and, you know, eventually, along with my religious beliefs, they just kind of went out the window. <laughs> it's yeah. still interesting nonetheless. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, I'm still interested in learning about different religions and stuff like that, but I just don't personally believe yeah. in Yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, like, I noticed you also have a lot of um, planets in Sagittarius. Um, your Jupiter, your Uranus, and your Neptune are all in Sagittarius. Which, um, by the way, Jupiter was in Sag all of last year. How did you feel coming out of the end of the year? Like, um, with uh, basically having your Jupiter return last year. And what that um... means is that Jupiter just returned to the point in... Uh, the sky that it was at the time you were born. So it's like having like an extra dose of good luck. Um, some people are really familiar with the idea of having your Saturn return, which is sort of like not as fun <laughs> as the Jupiter return, which is a little bit more uh, rosy mm. um, in flavor and more up, like uplifting and happy and sort of lighthearted. Uh, Jupiter's personality traits if you will really are like uh benevolent and jovial um that he uh you know also was sort of thought of as the god of thunder and lightning Mm -hmm. um but mainly he he really just wants to party um so like and brings good luck with that too that seems to be the case with most gods of thunder and lightning yeah 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 (laughs) Um, I think, so, I mean, you've listened to the podcast. I play music uh, when I do the astrology um, episodes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just did, you know, last year, the, the Sagittarius episode. And one of my favorite songs for Sagittarius energy is uh, Modi Lemon's Thunder and Lightning. Because um, it's just so, like, raw and, like, kind of crazy. Um, and, like, rock and roll and punk rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I, like I used it like two years ago and I couldn't use it again because I didn't want to like be revisiting the same the same tunes. But every time I think of Jupiter like on a bad day, I think of that song. Just mm. in my mind. Yeah. But it's still like fun. Like it's still like a fun ass song to listen to. But it's like you know just like thunder and lightning. You know just mm. like getting like wild with it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, those are a lot of uh, traits. It seems like when it, whenever I, like I said, I like to dip, like whether it's like religions or mythologies, which you know documented they used to be religions at one point mm-hmm. and 
because of like you know cultural erasure they're reduced to mythology and they just change their story up and make them more mm-hmm. christian or something like that you know yeah but, um, or whoever won the last war yeah like uh, how how we depict like you know how we depict how thor and loki got along for example mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know were they were they actually that terrible or were they like more like oh they were i don't know at some point which who knows you know yeah but um I think stuff like that, and even in like religions, and it seems like always like the son of the All Father, the demigod, usually you know half more half mortal, half god. Mm-hmm. Usually, like kind of like the party guy, and yeah, the reckless one. Then he finds his way, and then more noble, especially after like a time on Earth mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've noticed those those traits, and um, give some like um, yeah, I've noticed those uh traits within like the son. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like you know like a prodigal son type of thing, or maybe just you know somebody who is trying to find the. It's mostly the case of like most princes too, like you know in the news, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on with the royal family and all that? Oh yeah, that's kind of interesting too. So um, we just had the uh, basically the it was eclipse season, right? Um, so we had eclipses in the sign of Cancer and in Capricorn. And we also had the sun conjuncting a lot of really big, powerful, slow-moving planets right around the time of these eclipse windows. And in astrology, um, eclipses are thought of as sort of destiny triggers. Um, And uh, Capricorn was one of the big major players here with that, um, with this energy and these transits. And so we had uh, Jupiter now in Capricorn, Saturn in Capricorn, who is sort of the the stern taskmaster and also the ruler of like all things government. Mm. Um, And uh, also like sort of a hyper-masculine energy. Um, And then we also had Pluto, which is the Grim Reaper, um, also in Capricorn. Mm. Um, And he's super passionate, very wealthy and very powerful. Um, and these were all getting challenged by that full moon eclipse in the sign of Cancer. And so, uh, and then there were some interesting transits. Mercury was transiting over uh, Pluto and Saturn too. So like really um, saying that th- things are changing and ending. And there's like sort of sparks flying because of it. And the two instances that I think um, kind of exemplify that energy really is um what happened with the royal family them trying to they i mean if you read the tabloids i don't know if you do or not but yeah like (laughs) i i'm kind of with you but i'm also having lived in britain for a while i'm kind of like ooh, like what's happening you know i'm a Mm -hmm. little bit intrigued but um basically they were they like had tried to talk to the queen about this move and they were blocked they were sort of cock blocked about talking about it and so then they were just like well we're gonna make this announcement whether or not they want us to i mean this is the age of the internet mm-hmm. um, and that happened pretty much right as uranus was going direct and uranus is the planet of technology and using um like sort of avant-garde ideas uh, to sort of better the masses. Like a forward-thinking source. Thinking. Yeah, absolutely. It's super forward-thinking, but it's also really erratic and unpredictable. Like, the definition of its actions are it is unpredictable um, and tends to bring about all kinds of surprises. Mm. So 
that planet had been retrograde, which just means that it looked like it was going backwards from our point of view on Earth because of the way the planets move. Um, but then it, like, as it goes direct, it means that it looks like it's moving forward again. Um, so it like had all this like energy to make these erratic, quick changes. Um, and so I, I just think that's like kind of interesting when these kinds of things happen. A lot of times when I do this show, I'm looking forward at uh, transits that are coming up and I can only really speculate at what um, may or may not occur, but um, just because of the way timings would have worked out to be able to get down to sit down with you and interview you mm-hmm. um, or, or chat with you, um, I now kind of get to do something sort of unusual for at least this show is like I get to look back at those transits a little mm, bit, yeah, um, which is kind of neat for me. Um, the other thing was what happened with Iran and the unfortunate events of the Ukrainian plane being shot down. Mm. Um, It was, you know, they were denying it and denying it and denying it that they did it. And then it comes out, you know, as Pluto and Mercury conjunct, which is all about the Grim Reaper death, but also messages and then things like swiftly changing Um, and Uranus again going direct. So unexpected things happening. Um, and then meanwhile, Mars was semi-square to all of this in Sagittarius, which is um, Mars is the planet of war and aggression. And mm-hmm. Sagittarius is the most aggressive sign in the Zodiac. Or, Well, it's like the only Zodiac sign that's actually born with a weapon. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily wanting to be aggressive, but it just naturally makes everything more intense. Yeah. So Mars in Sag is very like hyper-like like kind of machismo energy um and so luckily we didn't like break out into an all-out war but we have this very near sort of i think what a lot of people would consider to be a close call um and but then it came out like it all was revealed um within time as these transits sort of happened and hopefully there will be some sort of like Resolve to where this kind of stuff stops happening. Um, hopefully, in the future, where we we hopefully will end up on better terms with Iran. I don't know if that'll actually happen or not, but I, you know, I'm an optimist. So yeah, I mean, it's it seems unpredictable. I tend to be more of sometimes I don't like using the term realist, but uh, just based on like you know me, just like I said earlier, just digging into things and figure out how things and people work rather than just like taking it as it is mm-hmm. like you know just like oh this person seems to be doing a bad thing but we don't know what the reason you know i, I yeah. dig in stuff like that there's always two sides to a story then the, yeah there's um when when i think of like stuff that happens in the news it just reminds me of just older things that have happened in history or the way they've been documented rather of, mm-hmm. about um our conflicts with different countries whether it is you know, a gubernatorial thing, or whether it's like a religion, which you know, those two kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. religion, government. But um, it, yeah, it just it just reminds me of instances from the past, whether it's like something that happened in Greece, for example, or something that even you know happened with you know the establishing of the United States. It's just like mm-hmm. it looks every time something happens, it just looks really familiar. And if you don't know your history, you're just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I'm just like, oh, think about World War One, blah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 
A hundred percent. And I, I mean, um, I think, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day uh, and like we, about what happened with Iran in, in particular mm. and um, how, I, and what I said was something along the lines of this might not have happened if America hadn't um, killed their general. Um, because they were feeling sort of trigger happy and like very tense. Um, and they were, you know, targeting our targets as in retaliation mm. because we, we fucked with them first, basically sort of out of the blue, um, somewhat out of the blue. We tend to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they were all tense and, um, they hit the wrong target. You know, they, they mistook something benign for something aggressive unfortunately and it's like that's the unpredictable human error and side effect of of people in power uh just making calls sort of without a lot of forethought Mm. um and that's that's tragic um, but it also kind of pretty accurately depicts some of the as- main astrological themes that were happening during this eclipse season. We've got big government with all these major slow-moving planets in the sign of Capricorn being confronted by the full moon in Cancer, which represents our subconscious and our emotions. And Cancer's this very feminine, soft, nurturing energy um, that feels like very much at odds with Capricorn right now. Um, and that's partially because the moon's south node is transiting that. And that's a more advanced, uh, or north node rather, uh, is transiting the sign of Cancer. Um, a more advanced astrological concept. But the idea basically is that wherever the north node is, it's sort of um, where, it's kind of like, in a way it's like the ascendant, but, um, but not. <laughs> it's sort of like a guiding principle of the things we need to learn and process as a, a culture and as a, a planet um, to be able to move forward. And it can kind of give you a clue as to what sort of chaos might be around the corner mm. um, because it's just triggering that energy. Um, and so when people kind of get aggressive and too big for their you know proverbial britches, as my grandma would say, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, the the impetus would be to want to sit somebody down and give them like a chill period. Like you are not allowed to to do, you're not allowed to make decisions anymore if you're going to behave this way, mm. especially when they impact people so profoundly. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I tend to, um, maybe this is like just taking it as like face value because like, you know, just dealing with different kinds of, people i have uh i'm I'm real big into mental health but not in the sense that like not in like a finger pointy kind of way like people Mm -hmm. do like people use like different mental health conditions as we understand them now at least Mm -hmm. um to they use them as a weapon they use them to attack people like if you're like happy one day happy one hour and then upset about something the next and people are oh you're so bipolar like that's dangerous you know yeah don't you know treat people like that but for me especially with playing music 
I notice a lot just like uh, with, uh, it's probably the wrong term, like sociopathy and narcissism and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like very charismatic people who can pretty much influence anybody to do anything without even laying a hand on them. Just mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's just do, I've dealt with people like that. I've been controlled by people like that. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for me to identify that like some of our leadership, they're unfit because they're more into themselves mm -hmm. rather than, I don't want to say the country, but they don't, they fail to understand that there's different parts of our environment they just think of maybe like a few kinds and everybody else just has to play catch up and just get with the program sort of thing yeah um why don't you talk a little bit about your experience and like your because you've mentioned music a little bit um but you're more than just a musician i suppose. yeah i guess um <laughs> you are yeah well if, if we're talking about because whenever I th hear people describe me as a musician, I always think that maybe they're trying to stereotype me. Mm. Like, you know, there's like this thing with musicians. Like, I think we've all heard this thing about like, oh, he's, he's not really that important. He's just the bass player or something like that. And I always really hate, hate hate's a strong word. I fucking hate when people say shit like that. <laughs> oh, he's just a drummer. He doesn't know this, that, and the other. And you're like... I'm usually I, the person... That's really dismissive. I mean, but also, like, bass players and drummers are the ones keeping the tempo for everyone else in the band to do their thing, you know? Usually. And if, if they're actually, like, you know, like, real deal bassists and real deal drummers, not, like, Neil Pert level. Shout out to current events. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. like, yeah. He, he was amazing. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, when people kind of like dismiss like oh yeah he's just a drummer so he probably does this that and the other it's just like you know if you put any sort of ethnicity in place of drummer mm -hmm. you will really find out how fucked up you sound mm. and that goes for a lot of things people throw it around i guess they're just used to it yeah based on their environment or whatever cultural media whatever it is and they don't realize that it's what they're saying is fucking stupid until you could say that for a lot of things in a lot of situations mm -hmm. you know um oh, yeah uh like it's kind of a good litmus test and i saw something this was definitely a joke but it made me laugh um somebody was like describe something that your pet makes you do but replace the name of your pet with the word roommate i think i scrolled past something like that yeah and I, it made me chuckle but like you know all jokes aside i mean like my roommate makes me walk behind her and make me makes me pick up her shit um and i have to <laughs> feed her twice a day and let her sleep with me um and let me and i let her lick my toes like that's <laughs> <laughs> like uh like that's a funny thought exercise right but like it can also be used for exactly uh just what you were talking about mm. but also uh, you are a solar Gemini, and this is an astrology podcast, but Geminis are all about the ideas of other people. Like, that's one of the key characteristics. So I think it's, again, like, just kind of, like, funny and uh, funny in a good way, like, enlightening mm. um, that, like, you're concerned, or not concerned, but just, like, you take notice and um, observe the way people think and speak. Um, and that's a... So Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the... Uh, Roman and God of uh, communication, mm -hmm. and so, like, yeah, right, like that's that's cool to me. Like, let me nerd out a little bit about how you portray those traits. It's um, but I think it's a really good point too. Like what you're saying, not, yeah. I'm not to take away from that at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like analyze, not like a nitpick. I don't like to like point fingers and be all nitpicky about 
um, how I, I, I'm observant. Mm-hmm. That, like that's when it comes to different people, I'm observant. I'm not like, well, I can't do this because this, that, and the other. And I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people have that sort of, um, you know, everybody cares what someone thinks in one way or another to some degree, some percentage, you know, I mean, if you absolutely didn't care at all, then that could be. You're a narcissist at that point. Sociopathic, yeah, yeah like one, one of those. Yeah, you're a sociopathic narcissist, probably. Yeah, like if you just, yeah. But um, so when people throw that around, it's one, like a lot of things, you say stuff like, oh, yeah, I don't care. There's a little bit of care and, mm. you know, may not have everything to do with what you're talking about but there's a bit of care a bit of care enough to say that you don't care but um i mean it's 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 easy and quick to say that you don't care and and a lot of times i feel that very very much that like whatever the situation is i really don't care like i care enough to say that i don't care and then i'll just leave it at that yeah but i'm not like uh it's i don't know it's um yeah like so earlier you were saying like hate's a really strong word um, but the opposite of hate isn't like, you know, love and love isn't the opposite of hate. It's antipathy, like, and just like not giving a fuck mm. about whatever that person or thing is doing, um, not giving them any energy. Um, and like energy is intention, right? It's our thoughts. It's what we're, we're like thinking about on a daily basis and if you really don't like somebody um wish them the best and just don't think about them anymore Hmm. you know like like i've sort of taken that uh approach in my personal life and you know there's i'll go out i'll see people who i feel like have sort of done me dirty in the past or something and um, I'll either smile and wave and be just as nice as I would be to somebody I actually like. And it's not to be weird. It's to be to like give them the opportunity to like feel something. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And to like also it's a real true invitation. Like come talk to me. Like come sort this out because it's stupid walking around. A, I mean, Atlanta's a fairly small city, and especially in the scenes that we hang out in, like everybody kind of knows each other. Mm. Um, or at least sees each other, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it that way. A lot of people act like they know me, and it's just like, no, you've seen me before. You don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get off on a whole thing, but like. No, yeah, yeah, it's okay. But like the other end of that is like if if I make every opportunity or every take every opportunity to be as nice as I possibly can and like wave and say hi, and you like make zero effort, mm. that's when. Like, it's like, okay, I see you, and you don't exist to me anymore. Like, I don't care about what you do. I don't want to help promote your stuff. Um, I don't want to, like, give you any of my energy. Mm-hmm. You don't get it. Yeah, that's, um, I've had that almost, not all, well, yeah, almost every place I've lived. I've, um, you know, being military brat, you know, I've had to live i say had to like it's been like this thing but like it's all i know i don't really know what it's like to be in the same place for a significant chunk of my life other than here here is like the longest place i've ever lived yeah um right now but um and you've been you haven't even so you've been here more or less your whole adult life except for when you were deployed right yeah there's um um yeah, like early, or I'll say late teens, early adulthood mm-hmm. here, which is when I met you. Yeah. And then 
so just, around like mid to late 20s is when I moved back here. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, yeah, that, that's, I guess total it would be a long time and this time it would be long because like most I've ever lived in one place for a long time for at one time is like three years. Yeah. Never been anything longer than that. Yeah. And that's all I know. People ask me like, well, do you, is it like, what is, what is it like? You know, going around from places, is it weird? Did you like it? I'm like, it's all I know. Yeah, I'm you not, don't have yeah. a reference as to what's different. Yeah. It's like, it's like they're taking their view mm-hmm. and thinking that you have, like, the same view. And, like, oh, because you went through something different, it's going to be as bizarre to you as it is to me sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, that's, again, it comes all, it all comes down to our personal perspective is going to always be our personal perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why, like, I think astrology can be a good tool because it's, it's the same thing. It's your personal perspective of these like mathematical transits that you can point to and then make a little note. Like this happened today. These planets were in this place. This was, is what's happening and coming up in my personal life. Um, and there's definitely, like, I mean, um, there's definitely, like, things that I, I've, like, I've looked at people's astrology charts before and been like, hmm, that's interesting. I, but, like, I haven't seen this happen or, ref- like, occur in real life until it does. And then when it does, it just, like, is sort of the spectacular unfolding of things I could have never predicted, but also already did sort of predict. But just because it it hadn't happened yet didn't mean that it wasn't going to. It's sort of all about timing. It's like timing and perspective are these two, like, very key, like, things that astrology really is all about. Um, But they're... They're nothing and they're sort of pointless without being able to relate those personal experiences to other people. Mm. And that's art. Like, that's what art is, is looking at the world and trying to communicate your personal feelings or a feeling, a theme to other people who might not have ever had the opportunity to experience that particular thing or feeling. Mm. Yeah, it's... um. But um, getting back to the musician mm-hmm. uh, thing and, like, you know, just being stereotyped as a musician because I, I, I think I was with uh, somebody, what was it, like, the local someplace like that. And, like, I stopped going there because like, it was just, like, it gets annoying sometimes, especially mm-hmm. when it's packed. I used yeah. to like it a lot, but I was just like, ah. I stopped going there, maybe not because of this person. Mm-hmm. But um, a friend of mine introduced me to some dude, and he's just like, oh, yeah, Adam. Adam's a, he's a multi-instrumentalist, you know, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and this guy's like, huh, a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none, and I was like, I'm what a slap in the face. Choke the shit out of you. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just suggests that that person's not talented enough to do what you do at the level that you do it at. That's all it means. Yeah. It's a reflection of them, whoever says that. Yeah. And my most insults are, I guess, but... uh, Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just, you know, with musicianship, for me, I was told, and I found it to be true for a lot of people, including myself, that one of the best qualities of a musician is to be versatile. Mm -hmm. If you're one of these people who listens to one kind of music, and when you get an instrument, all you want to do is just that, there are people out there who like that, and if that's you, that's fine, but, like, I'm not the kind of person who is, you know... I'm a guitarist and that's all I do. So all I know is guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, some guitarists play p- 
piano and some people play like 20 instruments like like me yeah but i don't do it just like i pick it up and oh yeah i learned a couple scales and i know my thing or Mm -hmm. know this this thing that i hold in my hand i'm this i dig into stuff like i said before Mm -hmm. i like to dig in what um how so what all instruments do you play because i've i've seen you dj and i've seen you like in bands but i definitely can't say that i know the whole like breadth of your repertoire I'd say... Also, for listeners, if you hear weird noises, Pickle has joined us in the blanket fort. So <laughs> she is um, snuffling around and making her her appearance. <laughs> yeah, I, um, let's see. I had instruments around the house. Like, we had, like, a bugle. Mm. And I used to learn how to play, like, um, just the stuff I used to hear on posts growing up. Mm-hmm. Ba- army bases and things like that. So, like, taps or, like, yeah. what else? Yeah. <laughs> Like the Reveille taps and all that. And uh, we had drums. We had like native drums. Like I come from a native family, so we had a lot of crafts around the house. Or mm-hmm. what we thought were cra- like just people come come by like, oh, I, I like these decorations. I'm like, well, no, they're not strictly for decoration. Yeah. But we had drums and things like that. Those kinds of drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learned, I picked up guitar without taking a lesson. That's I, um, awesome. Yeah, I, I um uh, I think I learned how to do that by watching, like, Green Day on TV. Like, I would watch what they were doing. Like, I think it was, like, the video for Longview, and I was just like, okay, just get the guitar tuned and just do what they do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this actually sounds like something. <laughs> I can I can do this. And, like, it was exciting because at the time I was, uh, um, I think I was into video games. Not, like, super-duper into video games, but when you're a kid, yeah. that's, like, one of the most exciting things mm-hmm. um, is, like, games and stuff like that yeah so, so yeah i was you know in like you know sonic games and like whatever else was out there and oh i loved playing sonic when i was a kid sonic was like my favorite thing but like what else is there like mario and like the ninja turtles and mm-hmm. all, the, all these different things anyway um um i used to play tetris competitively and i used to just kind of sneak out and do it i had to sneak out like at like eight years old is when i started like going places after school on my bicycle. That's how I got into music and buying music, like tapes and CDs. And I would like cut people's grass and, you know, babysit their pets. And that's how I made most of my money is just watching people's dogs. And, you know, cats, I love cats. Mm. And um, yeah, love animals, all different kinds of animals, even the scary ones. But um, <laughs> I, um, that's how I like got enough money to like buy like a, Duran Duran tape mm. and stuff like that. There's a whole story behind that, but uh, I think um, I had to sneak to do all that stuff. And there was like an abandoned Circuit City where they used to have like Super Smash Brothers tournaments and stuff like that. Mm. And when you, you know, get into stuff like that as a kid, you're not really looking around at who else is doing it. And there was one time I just went to spectate uh, around the time that I was getting into music. And I looked around at a lot of the people that were playing these games competitively. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no. I, 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 I was scared because I thought that was going to be me someday. Mm. I was stereotyping these people. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to grow up to be this. Right. You know? So that's when I really, really got into learning more Green Day and Nirvana songs. And, <laughs> you know, getting better at guitar. And eventually my, my father put me in classical guitar lessons where we weren't allowed to use plectrums, no picks. Mm-hmm. We had to play with our fingers. So um, that and I picked up bass after that. Mm-hmm. I pretty much got all these new instruments from my brother, who was 
which, you know, he worked a bunch of, uh, you know, I say kid jobs, like, you know, can I cut your grass, you know? Yeah. Captain so-and-so wants you to watch his cat over the weekend and yeah. he'll pay you, blah, blah, blah. So we, we were both doing, you know, jobs like that, yard sales, whatever. Mm-hmm. And every time he would get a new instrument, he would give me the old one. So a lot of my instruments that I still have. It's a nice hand-me-down down little system. Like, yeah. That was pretty much from when I was a kid, like anything he wasn't like selling. Because mm-hmm. like he did a lot of uh, selling of uh, something, you know, instruments and stuff like that. And I pretty much hung on to everything I was ever given. Only reason I don't have it anymore is because it's stolen. Uh, yeah. That's... <sighs> People suck. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But um, but yeah, just guitar, bass, guitar, and drums are like the most. Uh, not the things I get hired for, and people ask me to be in bands, mm-hmm. want to hire me for, and that's what I usually wait for. I used to be in like five bands at one time, because I was asked. And before, when I moved, when I lived here the first time as a young, a young, I guess a youngster, a, a youngin. Point. Yeah, what the, that's what they used to call us. I'm not trying to lump you into my experience, but like since you were present in my life at that time yeah more or less. just for listeners but, adam and i have been friends for how many years maybe like like we've known each other at least 17 years 17 like years yeah i remember you being at my 17th birthday or like yeah. around then mm-hmm. um and that was sneaking into places yeah i had a, I had a yeah. fake id <laughs> i never had one i had to be real slick with it i uh I had to sneak behind, like, the biggest dude I could, you know, see at the door and just kind of, like, do, like, a what I call the Metal Gear Solid. There's, like, this mm, game my best like, friend used to play. Just, like, duck in the shadows behind them and sort of, like, scooch in. Yeah, and, like, there used to be, like, this thing, the part of this Metal Gear Solid game where the character, main character would hide mm-hmm. in a box, a cardboard box, and just kind of, like, creep <laughs> <laughs> Like, creep on in. Yeah, and you would just, like, creep around and, like, yeah, all the guards would just not care. It's like, oh, it's a box or something. <laughs> yeah, they like those little artificial, like, oh, what's what's going on here? And like, yeah, easily trick. Well, it's sort of like the Jedi mind trick. Like, <laughs> must have been nothing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I am not the the droid you were looking for, kind of yeah. a thing. Like, <laughs> so I used to do that, and the reason I did that wasn't like I was trying to be like, oh yeah, I sneak into parties, da da da. Because no one, even if I were, it was like that. No, no one, one would believe me. You know, well, no, no one would believe that, like, a kid, you know, not just a kid, but, like, me back then. It's just like, yeah, you're not doing anything. You're doing your homework. Shut up. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just like, you know. Because, I mean, really... like, how old were you then? Like, I, I I was 17. You were, like, in your early 20s, probably. 19. 19. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I was um, um, having to make all that happen, and I... I guess I did that because when I started in the, if you want to call it a lifestyle, I started in that lifestyle early, mm-hmm. playing in bands. I played in a hardcore punk band. We were all straight edge uh, mm-hmm. at the time, and and which I, I still am. Something I, I guess I identify with. It's not one of those like dogmatic things where I can't do things. I just I identify it because I don't do those things. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this is something even if straight edge never happened. That's just how I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, 
If I had your whole astrological chart in front of me, I might be able to like find stuff to like reference to to that. But I, in general, I think that's um, for the lifestyle and the the scene that we kind of grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely uh, sets you apart from a lot of folks because a lot of people like just could not like couldn't handle it, you know. Um, and you're still around. You're still making music, and like and partially probably because uh you've kept it together you know like you didn't get lost down that particular rabbit hole that gets so many people yeah i think they base like their experience in a music scene around like what is generally done yeah like you know like oh i gotta stop drinking so i guess i can't go out or i have i'm I don't want to go out by myself. I don't want to drink by myself. And me, as somebody who's never been drunk, which I know is really hard for people to believe, um, not just because of my characteristics or whatever, just they just like, oh, wait, you're a, you're an adult and you've never been drunk? What are you, like, a, uh, I don't know, like, throw something out with a pilgrim or something? A <laughs> Quaker? Like, what? You, like, you know, they st- say stuff like that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just, you know, it's not, I don't think it's just punk rock to, like, like you know, get wasted because any freaking idiot can do that oh yeah that doesn't make you special it doesn't make you like a radical you know that makes you a product in my opinion just Mm -hmm. like a person who just like you know this stuff is available to like keep you in line with stuff yeah that's that's one way of looking at it Mm -hmm. i'm starting to feel like this isn't this is sort of like off topic but along those same lines that of thought um i'm starting to think that streaming services might be like the the mind drug that's not a drug you know like if everybody is sort of kept complacent and entertained mm-hmm. sort of like back in the ancient roman times they would have like gladiator gladiator fights yes. and stuff like that to like appease the masses mm-hmm. but now we have like an infinite number of things we can just click a button and get absorbed into and if we're doing that we're not really out there making a huge difference, a huge change, a huge like impact to change the establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and by change the establishment, I don't mean like, uh, you know, eat the rich, kill the... Like, I, I mean like, there should be... Op- we have enough resources for everybody to have opportunity, to have enough food, and we should be working on ways to diplomatically like find cures for hunger and diseases and stuff like that but if we're just sort of like sucked into netflix every single night and perfectly happy with our whatever day job Mm. we're less motivated to like go find that personal passion because we're living it through like the vicarious lives of fictional characters on whatever tv show we're watching absolutely i think that same way about sports and like yeah. Even, like, modern-day sports, like the Super Bowl and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, there's some, like, things, you know, I admire, like, athleticism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, 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 told, I could tell the difference between just the way, like, different – mostly different countries because I was into soccer. I was, like, six, mm-hmm. 16 getting into, like, all, like, British – The football. Know, yeah, yeah, like, the hooliganism and all that stuff. Just, mm-hmm. you know, as, as kind of like an Anglophile, not an actual – Right. Whatever. But uh, getting into stuff like that – just and watching the way like they broadcast sports in other countries and the way they broadcast sports over here they have entire shows where they just talk and they get into this like sometimes even unnecessary details about an athlete's life mm-hmm. you know more so than just saying you know like oh how he performed in the game and you know athleticism and stuff like that you know here you know when i was younger i noticed that they would get they would just dig 
into like oh you know like you know his childhood he was doing this and that like has nothing to do with sports like the way he grew up i'm like i don't want to hear about his personal life yeah you know, if i'm gonna watch this stuff at all and be interested in this stranger mm-hmm. then you know tell me about his athleticism about mm-hmm. points and stuff like that that's why i could never really get into sports it just seems kind of i could tell from an early age that it was kind of like manipulative you know as a kid i was like you know it was the thing to be into the, like the chicago bulls because jordan was on the mm-hmm. team and all that i mean i was into a lot of things that i just don't watch anymore like you know like pro wrestling i just watched that because it came on after the saturday cartoons uh that's interesting yeah like i was big into saturday morning cartoons as a kid which led me to a career in animation um but i was not into wrestling at all and funnily enough now i'm a tv producer and one of the shows that like gets made at my job i don't particularly work on this show but it's like billy corgan's wrestling show oh yeah nwe um or or nwa yeah Mm. um yeah, uh, which is weird to me that Billy Corgan has a wrestling show. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. Life is weird <laughs> and long, and the longer you live it, the weirder it gets. Um, like Funny thing, when I was listening to that last episode, the Gemini episode, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, I hate to sound repetitive, but no, like... No, it's, um, um, it's It truth. just always seems like an apt thing to say in the course of these kinds of conversations I have with different folks on the show. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I mean, and I guess it's a good thing that life is weird because otherwise it'd be really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weird, weird is always a compliment in my book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sort of excites me when something weird happens because I'm like, ooh, how can I like sink my teeth into this and like understand like the cosmos more in some weird fortuitous way? Um, how is it that this particular thing has fallen in my lap? How is it that I'm doing? I'm I'm here now when you know I I feel like I struggled for so long with so many different things, um, and for me like astrology has been a helpful tool to sort of like manage my own uh, anxieties and issues you know and it's not for everybody you know and i'm i definitely don't try to like push it on people yeah um but i like i said i think it's a good uh gateway drug to talk about bigger things um and i think that's you know that's pretty much what we've done here today yeah i think um like i was saying earlier about Mm -hmm. how i i'm not dismissive when it comes to certain things and i I hate to keep relating it to like religion and things like that, but I mean that's a very present thing in a lot of our lives. Uh, it, whether whether we yeah, and it's totally apt to as well because like a lot of the themes that are like astrologically based were based on gods and mm. deities of the Greek and Roman empires. Yeah, um, there were temples to these gods, you know, and there's there are certain astrologers out there who really focus on like that aspect of things. Um, I think it's interesting and and. For me, and I've kind of said this before too, but I like to look at the the crossover between cultures because I think those intersections between different traditions and myths and you know what what we consider myths now, like mm-hmm. were religious beliefs then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I think that intersectionality has more to teach us about who we are than perhaps. Uh, 
you know, traditional, at least modern day religion would mm. like us to believe that we are different. Yeah, I, I dig into a lot, a, a lot of that. And I think like living in different parts of the world, whenever I did that, well, when I was a kid, I just kind of like took whatever was like, whatever anybody showed me, like if we were in like, um, you know, I usually get taken around, like, you know, instead of like playing video games as a single digit age kid, mm-hmm. rather than just like doing that all Saturday, you know, let's get out of the house. Let's, let's, you know, look at this place and look at this thing. And it's like, oh man, I want to blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. and then as an adult, you appreciate it so much more. Oh yeah. And through that appreciation, I dig into, um, different cultures and religions. You know, most people go to different country they go to like the most like you know like imperialized you know like westernized part of that country like the resort yeah um, or yeah. like the post like the soldier traps where everything's super american and you can even use american money yeah the beach or something like that the yeah. resort and me like i remember like i went to spent two years in south korea mm-hmm and I didn't just want to go there and eat freaking raisin bran the whole time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Like, what's the point of going to a new place if it's just going to be a version of the place you just came from? Yeah, and so many people did that when I was over there. Like, so many Western, well, not Westerners, but, like, mm-hmm. military folk. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, like, they just didn't want to be there. And, like, for me, I was just, like, I get to take on something new because, you know, it's not often that I get to not just learn a different language but, like, a different way of, like, writing mm-hmm. as well. Like, dealing with, like, characters and sounds that we don't even use. Mm-hmm. And some of their sounds we don't even use in our language, like, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And um, part of what part of that uh, was digging into Buddhism, mm-hmm. major religion over there. And um, that was really got me started with, like, reading the quran and reading the torah because before i was really digging into um i was raised catholic Mm -hmm. and there was a time in my childhood where we went to i think for about two or three years we went to like this protestant non-denominational church and i'm the first time i ever met a kid who wasn't allowed to watch pg movies i'm like are you fucking serious like like we like he ended up coming to our school i guess it was at a point where he wasn't going to a Christian school or being homeschooled anymore. So he came to my school. And it was movie day, and we couldn't watch the movie because he wasn't allowed to. I'm not like, he's going to hear this. So I'm not sure if he's the same. <laughs> I was going to say, like, like his, name is, his name is Dan, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny wasn't allowed to watch PG movies. He's like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, we're not allowed to watch PG movies. Grow some balls, kid. Sorry. But yeah, I was just, just like, like you know. Grow some balls and be somewhat daring. Take a risk. I uh, hope you have grown up and grown yeah. a pair since then. Sincerely, Daniel. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, we couldn't do, and we didn't have like a G-rated movie or anything like that. I'm just like, dude, we we're going to watch... Uh, I forget what it was. I think the school I was going to was a bit hood, so we would watch like movies like Lean on Me and which we used to watch that a lot. We had motivational speakers telling us like, you know, don't go out on the street and blah, you got you guys are and they treated every, all of us like that. Like you were just like you're you're going to grow up and blah 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 and selling drugs and stuff like that and and um yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I went to I went to a lot of different schools um growing up. I I think I went to like seven or eight different schools or something like that. Not because 
un- unlike you, my family was not in the military, but they were just unstable. <laughs> mm. And um, uh, like my parents got divorced when I was five, and my mother had me for a while. Um, and I went to one school and I lived with her, and then she had a mental breakdown. And I went to go live with my dad, and it just took my dad a long time to like kind of get it together to where he was more stable. Um, and then it seemed like as soon as he got it together to where he was stable, um, then I had a lot of like personal tragedy in my life where um, like I lost my best friend the summer after uh, freshman year of high school. Mm. And so I changed high schools. Uh, two more times. I ended up graduating early, but it was like shortly after that that I probably met you. Um, but it, it was just like, just sort of this perfect storm of nothing ever really stayed very stable or calm for very long. Mm. Um, but what it did give me was a sense of like, uh, like different communities getting different kinds of resources um, at, based on demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, like I went to one very sort of like ritzy, fancy school where like the mayor's daughter went to and here in Atlanta. And then like after that, I went to like, um, a school on the South side of Atlanta, like in Clayton County, Mm. um, for a little while. And that was very different, (laughs) you know, like, um, yeah, (laughs) the, the white people were all into sports um, that was like their social life, their, their everything. Oh yeah. And then like the black kids, like all kind of hung out together. And then like, I was in the like gifted program. So like the smart kids and not to say that like other folks weren't smart, but right. like, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, you know, you kind of get sequestered away and they're just like, okay, you've got a chance to get out of here. (laughs) Like whatever, what do you want to do with it? You know, like Mm -hmm. you're going to study and you're going to do all the, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to make it, you know, kid, you're going to college. Um, pretty much from a really early age and that, um, like that. And then along with like my parents' expectations of me, like I very clearly remember uh, my mom. Uh, one of the few things I remember my mom saying to me was, "You are going to college," mm. and it wasn't a discussion. It wasn't a question. It was a fact, like a statement of fact. When I was like four years old, yeah. um, and like I just was very sort of studious about everything like related to education, um, and but like. The problem with that is that when you get older and you accomplish all of your educational goals, you still have this lingering anxiety about everything mm. <laughs> <laughs> like instilled in you. Yeah. Where it's like you just can't have fun unless like I mean you can, but like you're always sort of wondering in the back of your head like is there something I'm missing? Is there something I'm not doing that I need to be doing? Is there some extracurricular project? And I think in a weird way that that's kind of why this pod, like one of the many reasons why this podcast even exists Mm. is because I have this sort of intrinsic need to always be working towards a goal, but that's very Sagittarian of me in some ways. Like the archer always has like something it's aiming for subconsciously. Hmm. Whether it wants to really know, or even whether it knows exactly what it is or not, you know, it's this sort of like higher, greater purpose that it's aiming for. Hmm. So, 
Um, did yeah. you have anything you wanted to add? Our time is kind of winding down. So if you had something you wanted to plug, any projects, any gigs coming up? Uh, um, well, let's see. The world is your oyster, my friend. Advertise. I will discuss uh, three things. My buddy uh, Johnny, Johnny D. from New York uh, lives here now. And we have a show in February at 529. And that's... Really, I, I, it's like fun. It's kind of like sleaze rock kind of thing. Cool. And um, somewhere between like Motley Crue and like the New York Dolls, I, I like to compare it to that. Awesome. Um, and then I just joined a band, kind of like a goth rock band called Scarlet. I'm playing drums with them and providing my vocals, my thing for a while. Cool. For recording with people was doing really good backing vocals. It's kind of an arts i heard somebody say i think it was like john Frusciante from the red hot chili peppers he's like yeah backing vocals is like it's an art mm. which i knew that from music school mm-hmm. and it's good to hear someone else say that and um but yeah i'm playing drums with them we're gonna get together tomorrow and we have some shows lined up in february and the other thing uh my solo music it just goes by adam anzio it, it might change to just anzio i'm not sure i if, like that yeah, I'm thinking about that. I usually get billed as Anzio. Like, mm-hmm. people just do that. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's pretty much... I play all the instruments and everything. And usually when I perform live, it's kind of like a one-man, kind of like New Order Depeche Mode setup where it's just like I have my, you know, keys and I usually have a guitar as well. Mm-hmm. And I do my thing. I'm changing up my live show because, as you might imagine, having one person on stage... You know, trying to do something yeah. with such a big sound, you know, may not really like look all that, at least by my standard, like presentable. So I'm developing like productions and stuff like that. So there's going to be lights and projection and all that. And um, that's really my main thing is just, you know, the Anzio stuff, the Adam Anzio stuff. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show and uh, for chatting with me about what the fuck ever. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time for Aquarius season. It's right around the corner. All right. That's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. You can check us out on Instagram at Blood Moon Milk, all one word. And uh, get in touch with me for a one-on-one session. Or just consider subscribing to The Daily Dose, our daily newsletter about astrology. All right. Thanks a lot.